The GameCube, GameCube was cool. Hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. Uh, Man, what are we talking about? <laughs> well, uh, welcome everyone to the second episode of the GameCube Was Cool. Uh, we haven't here. been canceled yet. We haven't been canceled yet. Unbelievable. We have twenty downloads of this. Twenty people. Are you serious? Downloaded this. Yeah. Did you download it? Two of them are me. Oh, okay. None of them are mine. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't download it. <laughs> twenty downloads. Wow. Yeah, not bad. That's pretty cool. Yeah, we can fill a, uh, a a bench in a in a baseball diamond. That's pretty good. We can pretty we, soon it'll be like the whole stadium. We you know? can field two baseball teams. That's correct. But uh, if you could, I mean, right now you can't. But um, someday we might be able to. Yeah, you might have like maybe four outfielders with that, but that's okay. Yeah, well, you need a rover. You know, let's go. Uh, yeah, rover. Yeah, I always loved playing exhibition games when I was a kid, and like. Like you didn't want anybody sitting on the bench. And it's like, oh, we'll just have an extra outfielder. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's always two kids that didn't know what to do. Yeah. In our uh, in our rec league team, we had a uh, a girl last year who was a fantastic rover. She was so good. It was mm. like she was born for that rover position. So to the uninitiated, what is a rover? Just because like I when I played baseball, it was uh, I'm going to I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It was real baseball. We didn't have rovers or. <laughs> Anything like that? What yeah, is, is that is, just like this, the extra outfielder that would move? This is mid twenties. Uh, this is mid twenties adult uh, baseball. You know, like mid twenties skateboarder. <laughs> yeah. The 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 great great song by Pew Pew Pew. I really hope Pew 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 that uh, the guys from that will be listening to this podcast. I think I think if if there's any, I think if like we can hit that level of celebrity fandom, like listening to us, I think that would be a huge accomplishment. <laughs> Hey, well, uh, I mean, Marty, so you know about how Marty has the OV Twitter account? Do you know yeah. about this? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and Pew 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 called him out in an Audio Tree Live episode. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, because they're the, the, so the host of it or whatever, he was like, oh, I understand you guys have a, a beer guy, uh, an, o- <laughs> an OV guy. On, on, and they're like, yeah, yeah, we, we know this guy on uh, on Twitter that OV beer follow us, follows us. They send us stuff. <laughs> and it's just, it's just Marty. <laughs> That's so cool. Oh, man. If only they had said his name. Did they say his name? No, they didn't say it. I don't think uh-huh. they realized it was Marty at that point. I think they just. Oh, okay. I think they thought it was actually OV beer, like official. I remember like when you were first getting me into that band, you guys covered one of their songs and sent it to them. That was Pew Pew Pew, right? Yes, that was. Yeah, we we did mid-20s skateboarder in a minor key. Oh, good. Oh, uh, yeah. Second, what? Second fret capo? Uh, yeah, it sounds about right. And yeah, it's, well, most of our songs are second fret capo. Well, it's, it's, it's second fret C and F, I believe, are the chords. Yeah, mid-20s. Uh, yeah, it sounds about right, yeah. And we just changed the F to A minor. Okay, so I didn't hear any news when when we heard about uh, uh, no, when the uh, yeah. the new Tony Hawk games were announced just this last week remastered. I didn't hear any news from Pew Pew Pew. I thought they would have been stoked about that. Yeah, that seems like the Pew 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 time to come out and say, "Look, yeah. everyone, play this game again." Since obviously we won't probably get a hundred percent of the same soundtrack from the original games. I know a few bands have already confirmed that they're in it, like Bad Religion and uh, Goldfinger. But <laughs> like, if they couldn't get some of the originals, maybe get some bands like new bands that would uh, obviously fit that uh, genre of game. That would and be amazing. Pew, 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 they, they're like made for that. <laughs> yeah, that's literally what they, their genre is Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3. Yeah. I think that they were playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 on the N64, <laughs> which is really weird. <laughs> it might have been 3. I can't remember now. But I think the cartridge was blue, if I remember. I'm, I'm trying to picture the video. If only we had the internet, we could look it up. If only. Anyway. It's too bad the internet's canceled. It definitely is. It's going downhill fast. <laughs> it lasted a lot longer than most people thought it would. Hey, um, uh, remember? Well, I mean, we don't really remember. We were too young. But like in 2002, um, there was like the big internet bubble crash or whatever that happened. Mm-hmm. The dot-com crash? The dot-com crash. Thank you. Uh, and a lot of people thought that was it. Imagine if it was. <laughs> it's like, kind of interesting to think about. Yeah. But I think that I, no matter what, some form of the internet would have happened. Well, you might you might like this. Last night I watched uh, I watched uh, Close Encounters with the Third Kind. Great movie. Great movie. Yeah, really one of Spielberg's first, I guess. 1977. Yeah. 
And it's just, it was really cool to see like just the computers and somehow they managed to communicate with aliens with that, <laughs> like using binary code and, yeah. and music and stuff like that. It was, I'd never seen it before. Yeah. Um, it's a, I don't think it's a pretty underrated movie. I don't think a lot of people talk about it anymore, but it's a really well done movie. And it's one of those movies from the seventies, like a sci-fi movie from the seventies that mm -hmm. could easily be made today. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that they haven't remade it yet. I'm sure I'm sure those days are coming where we're going to get that movie remade. Mm -hmm. um, you can definitely see influences into E.T. and stuff like that and other alien, like Alien, which came out two years after that. Uh, same year as Star Wars, which must have been kind of tough on it. Yeah, I it can only imagine. Yeah. yeah, same year as A New Hope. So um, CG and A New Hope, I think, looks years better like it almost looks like a decade advance but uh interesting directing choices to have like certain scenes in sandstorms uh some people speaking french with no subtitles and to have a three-year-old acting yeah um, yeah it was when i understand half the movie <laughs> <laughs> when it came out it was it was seen more of like a an art sci-fi film it was supposed to be in vain okay. of like 2001 yeah. space odyssey mm -hmm. uh, a little bit more cerebral than actiony yeah we don't really get those anymore which is really no, too bad. Like Interstellar was probably the next closest thing. I would say I, I was gonna of. say Arrival. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet either. Actually, that's really good. And then yeah. there was like Life, but that was basically Alien. Oh, actually, yeah. it was beat for beat Alien. <laughs> <laughs> that movie got panned. I'm pretty sure it did. Terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. I watched yeah. that a couple weeks ago too, and oof, nope, <laughs> nope. That was like uh, Passengers uh, as well. We saw. Yeah, that, that was that was pretty cottage. rough. That one. Yeah, with uh, Chris Pratt and um, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. they. Uh, they yeah, sci-fi. I don't know. Sci-fi has taken a bit of a. Uh, I'm not going to say it's a dip in quality, but it's kind of hard to find the good ones. Uh, I feel like the '80s and probably the '80s was the peak, late '70s to the '80s. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say. Like, there's a lot of. Yeah. Um, the, the the thing with the thing with sci-fi movies is that I I feel like producers and executives and just like. Uh, media corporations i think they think that there's a much bigger market for it than they than there actually is um like there's yeah. people like us obviously we love like the sci-fi movies but it's it's hard to actually make a lot of money from them uh and consistently mm -hmm. like a good example is blade runner right that uh making a sequel of that uh just solely off the idea of just a cult following really mm -hmm. Uh, and yeah. they put $250 million into that movie. That's insane. Yeah. It's Maybe a, they'll want to put $250 million into this podcast to make it like a big hit too. I don't know what I would do with $250 million in a podcast. What what could we pot? I guess we just get on crazy guest stars every episode. That's what. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I'd probably quit my job to be honest. <laughs> no, 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 um, no, no, no. The you, we can only put the money towards the podcast. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. you can't live on it then. You still have to. I still have to live on my weekly, biweekly paycheck. That's right. So, Oof. so I, guess, well, I mean, I probably invest in a bit of a better microphone. Um, okay, better mic. Um, I probably buy if I, I could I buy GameCube games with that. Like, could I go out and buy course. a second copy of Luigi's Mansion? Of course. Uh, anything okay. to help the podcast. Okay, I would strictly buy Player's Choice games. Because that's what every GameCube collector goes after as far as I – that's what I've heard. <laughs> Have you ever seen a collector that only collects players' choice and like greatest hits? That feels wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we need to wipe those guys out of the gene pool. I'm, I'm pretty sure those guys don't exist. No. I've never seen someone been like, yeah, I finally found a player's choice copy of like, I don't know, Double Dash. I. Uh, the only people who would do that would be completionist collectors. That's like, But they wouldn't even display those, I feel. They would just be like, have them to say they no. have them. They look terrible. I know. They I look know. terrible. I don't think that there are Switch greatest hits yet, right? Player's no. Choice, right? No, not yet. Yeah, no. They did it with Wii U and 3DS. They did Wii do it with and... Wii U? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, they're still called Player's Choice. I think the cover was like, it had like a red border to it. Like a burgundy red. Yeah, how are they going to get rid of all that backstock? Anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we introduced the podcast, right? Uh, okay. We did. Oh, also, I want to give a shout out to Victor DeYoung, who um, mm -hmm. did the production for the uh, intro and the uh, back of the case segment. We thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, Victor, Victor that was that was rad, man. I've never met I've never met Victor. Hopefully, I will one day. You have um, met Victor. You met him once, but very briefly at the barbecue. At the barbecue. Yeah, but okay, that, that doesn't count. So yeah, this is episode two. We're going to be talking about the first AAA game. 
for the Nintendo GameCube, and that is Luigi's yep. Mansion that released on November 18th, 2001. Correct. Uh, yeah, Luigi's Ma- I, I don't know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so Luigi's Mansion, yeah, uh, launch game for the GameCube uh, was definitely the big game that most people probably got day one, I would think. We talked about the games that you may have picked up as well as Luigi's Mansion last week. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely the uh, game to have. Um, so if you wanted to pick up this game now, your options are either to buy it on the original GameCube or the re-release on 3DS. Uh, but we're only talking about GameCube here. Uh, it'll set you back probably about 65 bucks on eBay. Not terrible. Um, it is a fairly short game, which it was somewhat criticized for back in 2001. Um, it had a lot of uh, positive reviews, but its main criticism was that it was short. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've, you've, you've played this game start to finish, right, Mike? Yeah, um, I haven't played it for a long time, but I mm-hmm. just recently played Luigi's Mansion 3, so I... Uh, it's, I mean, it's relatively the same kind of game. Uh, yep. so I, I, I kind of got back into that nostalgia. I really like Luigi's Mansion. I've always yeah. had a soft spot for this game. Uh, but it's, it was funny cause we were talking about this last episode, how if we were older, when uh, the GameCube came out, we probably would have felt very slighted to have mm-hmm. Luigi's Mansion come out for GameCube for launch day. Cause like you said, N64, you have Super Mario 64. Um, Super uh, er, for the SNES, you have Super Mario Bros. And for NES, you have the original. Uh, so yeah, to not have a Mario game for the fourth console definitely feels like uh, a slap in the face. If I was a like a, a hardcore Nintendo fan at that point, yeah. And they, I think they did come out and say like a real or a mainline Mario game is coming. Uh, I guess they had to uh, just to make sure people knew that this wasn't going to be it. Um, Similar to what they did with the Switch as well. They they kind of yeah. Which is it's interesting how tied Nintendo is to Mario in that sense. More than I think. Uh, well, actually, I was about to say more than any other console, but that's not true because Xbox has to do the exact same thing for yeah. their consoles. They have to basically say, "Look, I had new Halos coming out. Don't yeah. worry." <laughs> it's it's kind of too bad, like that they have to do that because there are so many other great experiences on their consoles xbox included i mean we give them a lot of crap but i mean they don't it's kind of sad that they have to rely on one franchise for the most part uh like i feel like sony doesn't have to do that they can launch with maybe one first party exclusive that honestly i don't think many playstation consoles launch with a great exclusive usually like you know with recent memory ps4 launched with knack like they don't have to launch their console in november and say don't worry, Uncharted is coming. Like they, they kind of just launch it. People will buy the third party game, the Assassin's Creed, a sports game, and then wait until two months later when there's uh, some new big game coming. PlayStation relies a lot less on their first, um, their first buyers though. They don't, they don't need people to buy in droves in that first year, just yeah. because of how they're how they set up their cycles. Where Xbox, they do. That's 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 like mm-hmm. I feel like the one of the big differences. Like if Xbox doesn't get sales after the first year, the PlayStation because it's such a direct competitor will just destroy them. Yeah, it eats their lunch, and maybe PlayStation is changing too because the the, the recent years the PS4 has relied on a lot of first party games to uh, carry it, like yeah. with God of War, Spider Man, Horizon, which uh, is Last good though. Like out. that's that's yeah. that's good. Like that's what they should be doing. It's nice to mm-hmm. see that. Uh, rather than just being like, hey, EA, bring, give me another FIFA game, right? So Right, yeah. But uh, with Luigi's Mansion, uh, developed internally by the Nintendo Entertainment Ana- uh, Analysts, Analysts and Development Division, just for a short name, E-A-D. Uh, it's kind of their in-house studios, developed a lot of GameCube games. Um, in the end, it sold uh, 2.5 million copies, so it was the fifth best-selling GameCube game. What do you think of that? That the game that came out on the first day was the fifth best-selling game. Um, so let's let's think of the other games, I guess. So Melee, Twilight Princess, mm-hmm. uh, and Wind Waker. Maybe I'm trying to think of other mm-hmm. games. And Sunshine, I guess. We're probably Double Dash. And, and Double Dash. Uh, Those would be probably the top five. Um, but that's interesting. You know what? That's actually not that bad. And I think that's actually good in that sense, but it's not good. For, it's not a good story for the GameCube. It's a good story for Luigi's Mansion, but mm-hmm. not for the GameCube because that's saying that you were unable to uh, 
have anything past like better than this for five years. Well, they did four better games, I guess, technically, but yeah, but I mean, that's yeah. The top selling games in order were Melee, uh, Double Dash, Sunshine, Wind Waker, and then Luigi's Mansion. Mm -hmm. I didn't think Twilight Princess would be there just because it also launched on the Wii. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes more sense. It's way down. It's 19th best selling. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, fifth best selling game. So not bad. I think that's a good. It's good for a uh, a franchise that started on GameCube, which the GameCube had a few of those. Mm. So it's always good to see when new franchises. I know it's not a new character, but it's at least a new concept. It wasn't just a two D platformer with Luigi. Yeah, yeah, because um, there they was sort of gave him like a. There was technically the first Luigi game, which was uh, Mario is missing. That was yes. just a platformer. That was in '92, I believe. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, yeah, this was a little bit of a different uh, approach. Uh, you can't jump. It's uh, one camera angle, sort of like Resident Evil. Yeah, uh, I was thinking that the other day, actually, when I was I was walking outside and I just was thinking about Luigi Man- Luigi's Mansion stuff, as you do. As you do. <laughs> and yeah. in my mind, I was like, you know what? Uh, Luigi's Mansion must have gotten, or like the devs must have gotten inspiration <laughs> from uh, from Resident Evil. Like, I'm not even kidding because... Yeah. The uh, the the ninety eight one was was already in development to come out as a remake uh, for GameCube mm-hmm. a couple months later. So clearly, this was in Nintendo's wheelhouse. They were thinking about this, and obviously, Resident Evil was when it came out in ninety eight quite popular, uh, and mm-hmm. obviously oh, yeah. got more popular with four. So uh, I think Nintendo realized this, and they said, "Hey, there's a there's a market here. Uh, there's actually some potential." What can we do with this? And I'm sure some ideas were floated around. And Mario, Mario doesn't really work for that, right? Mario is kind of like the happy, the sunshine, you know, guy. It doesn't right. doesn't work. But but Luigi is someone who doesn't really have a backstory or anything. He's kind of almost an untapped resource in that sense. And mm-hmm. so having him to be the main character in this kind of kids Resident Evil uh, was a, a pretty good idea. I think I think that's very unique and like good on Nintendo for going down that path. Yeah, it, even down to like when the uh, when the game starts, uh, you have the splash screen that just says Nintendo. It's even I don't know if you knew that rec- or remember this, but it, it's in the Resident Evil voice that says Nintendo. Yes, it is. That's right. It's like the it's really like a, deep, a voice. deep voice. Yeah. yeah, it's the Resident Evil voice saying Nintendo. So yeah, this is kind of their take on a Resident Evil game. Yeah, which is really cool. Um, yeah, it's weird. Uh, I guess I'll read the. Should I read the back of the box now? Uh, read it later. Read it later. Later. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Maybe before we start on, I have a couple of segments for this, so maybe. Oh, and look who's joined Whoa. us! It's Mr. Zafferhack, <laughs> all the way from Mississauga, Ontario. Zaffer, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? We're doing great. Yeah, we're just uh, talking about this this new game. It's uh, it's this is November eighteenth, two thousand one. I hope you I hope you know what the day is today. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, going back. Okay. We're really looking forward to Jimmy Neutron coming to theaters in a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is uh yeah 2001 right now it's really exciting uh it's it's the fall uh i just got my gamecube and i just got my luigi's mansion which everyone's been talking about i must be like 13 years old yeah whoa that's a long time ago <laughs> were you 13 years old in 2001 no you're not don't like, worry about it I was okay. somewhere around there. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so we just we actually just kind of started talking about uh, the plot of Luigi's Mansion. Haven't gone too far in, but uh, yeah, we wanted to get Zaffir on today to talk about his experience of playing Luigi's Mansion for the first time. And uh, we know Zaffir is a big fan of the uh, of the series and the franchise. So, so Zaffir, do you have any any first thoughts for us? Uh-huh. Okay, now that I'm using a brain cell, I was eight years old. And <laughs> there we go. Th- that game that game was really creepy back then, if you think about it. Because like you're used to Mario, you're used to all the all the you know, it's for everyone, right? So it's generally happy with maybe some dark undertones for the older audience, but mostly it's just like, yeah, okay, it's I'm it's Mario, it's it's pretty, you know, accessible for everyone. But then Luigi's Mansion, the game starts out and like for me, I didn't know anything, right? I just I was playing at a friend's house, and all of a sudden he's like, "Yeah, just play it." I'm like, "Okay." And it starts with Luigi just entering a really creepy, 
area and you just see the mansion on top of a hill and it's it's clear that nintendo was trying to make like a horrific like pseudo horror game which resident is really evil style really like yeah, a resident was, evil style game yeah yeah it's out of left field completely like completely completely new for nintendo as a whole yeah, they, and they, they kind of it, it seems like that they sat down and were like what can we do with making us like maybe not survival horror but like a horror-esque game with fishing mechanics <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm like, like i'm thinking okay. like what was the pitch for this <laughs> i don't know <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna put Luigi in a Ghostbuster house, like a Scooby Doo mansion, and you're gonna th- you're gonna hunt down ghosts who are uh, uh, p- portraits and <laughs> like yeah, it's a really weird. Pitch. Oh, Scooby Doo is a great comparison, actually. Now that you say that, that's perfect. Well, it's me. It's me so. <laughs> Do you guys think that there's any uh, tie-in between the like the portraits in Mario sixty four and the like the paintings in this? Um, yeah, maybe. they're, they're trying yeah. to maybe like introduce some kind of common lore. <laughs> I like to some think that, like some, yeah. some element. Yeah, because, because it's, it goes as far as like Dr. Egad, uh, he builds the, the, the flood system in Super Mario Sunshine. Yeah. So maybe he's selling portraits to Peach's castle as well of like somehow he's <laughs> capturing places and putting them in portraits too. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. It's, there's, there's something there and that's all I gotta say. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm more curious about Peach's interests now. Like, can I have a portal? You know, can I have worlds in my castle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be kind of cool. I mean, it would. It, she she doesn't own a car, right? I mean, so you got to do something. This was. I mean, uh, have you played Mario Kart? Maybe that's true. She, she knows how to drive. That's true. Barely got her license, at least. Barely. Yeah, barely. Yeah. And she wins some races. Well, in the GameCube version, she had to have. Well, I mean, I guess everyone had to have someone helping them. Yeah, everyone had their G one and Double Dash for some reason. I guess they all got their licenses <laughs> taken away. They had to start again. And then, yeah. But uh, cool. So, do you still play? Have you played this game recently, Zaffer? Or are you are you just uh, thinking back like nineteen years now to this game? Yeah, I had to. I had to look up some old footage just to refresh my memory. But I did play I did, it back I then too. for sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we all did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, one of my favorite things was like how unsettling it was. I was legitimately scared as a kid. I, I would be so afraid to go into new rooms because every room, it was silent. Like there was no mm-hmm. music until no you, light. Yeah, until you got the lights up. It was extremely dark and quiet. And Luigi freaking out didn't help because you as the player, like I'm eight, right? So I'm just like, Luigi, why are you scared? You're making me scared. And every time you open a door, the camera would slowly pan over the knob. Yep, that's right. And then Luigi slowly puts in the key. It's so unsettling. It's so out of left field for Nintendo. Yeah, the but I liked load it. screens were very cl- were super clever. The uh, with Luigi's hand trembling over the doorknob uh, to, to go into the next room. That was really clever. Like, yeah. I'd never seen anything like that before. I mean, there was Resident Evil where the door opens, but it wasn't like you never saw the character in that frame. It was just a door opening. Mm-hmm. This was like a bit more creative than that. Yeah, was, this was like this was Nintendo at their best in terms of taking an idea and making it their own. I'm just thinking of Sunshine, you know, around the same time too. Extremely creative and different from what they usually do. Yeah, and like taking something like a, we're going to make a real time strategy game, but then you end up with Pikmin. Like it's just <laughs> I really that's what I love about Nintendo is that they'll take. Like, <laughs> Take a, a, like a, that's what it is but they'll take a genre that you know most pc players or gamers for a few decades at this point know and they'll completely turn it on its head and give it like some just some weird twist yeah like i mean nintendo charm this is this is why i like animal crossing a lot it's the exact same reason because animal crossing is just taking the idea of sim games or just like life sims and giving it a nintendo feel and nintendo kind of just uh uh, like attitude almost and it's you know really if if you didn't have the nintendo skin on it then it'd just be a normal sim and you get bored very easily but nintendo is very good at like making you attached to characters yeah there's that little bit of like almost like a disney magic to it i know that's cliche to say but it's true <laughs> yeah there's like a nintendo magic it's to their true. first party games which can't be can't be re, can't be said enough. And you know, Zaffer, you're talking about the art style of the game and how it's just creepy. Like there's the, the shadow effects were just amazing for the time, and it holds up too. I was playing this game just the other day, just to mm-hmm. just to prepare for this podcast, 
And it's like everything is really shiny kind of, but still the shadows are just, I don't know, they just pop in a way that hasn't since. That There's been two other Luigi's Mansion games since this one. I'm, I'm playing through the third one right now as well, again, to prepare for this podcast. And it's not the same. Like it's, it feels a little bit more like new cartoons. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it just I, I feels exactly a bit brighter. Yeah. Like, like if this is, if this is 1960s Scooby-Doo, the Luigi's Mansion three is what's new <laughs> Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. <laughs> if you guys hear what I'm saying, you know, like it's, it's, it's got that horror aesthetic, but it's not creepy anymore. It's just, Oh, I get it. You're trying to be creepy. I get it. You know? you're, you're right. Yeah. The one in the, the 3DS that I played, I got the same, mm-hmm. the same feeling as you. It wasn't, it was like, it was really bright. And I'm like, well, it's not the same charm because the original had a lot of, you know, subtle undertones, with the lighting and the art style in general. It's also on 3DS, which is really hard to make a game, you know, convey anything through art <laughs> on because it's just so low powered. Yeah, that's very true. I've actually never, I've never played uh, Dark Moon. I... It's a good game. It's a good game. Well, we can talk about that one a little bit more later, I suppose. But um, yeah, it was fine. It was just more of this one, more of the first one. Mm-hmm. I guess there's always that question, what more can you do? That's They answered that and gave you a, a huge hotel, haunted hotel. <laughs> um, but I like the idea of having, uh, in a horror game, everything take place in a small mansion or a spaceship. That's why like Resident Evil's great. That's why Dead Space is great. Um, Arkham Asylum, which isn't really a horror game, but it kind of is. Bioshock. It always takes place like in a, it's not a city. It's not a sprawling open area. It's just one location, which kind of becomes a character in itself. Yeah. And I, I, I would, uh, I would even uh, like bring in Majora's Mask in that sense too. That's what makes Majora's Mask so good and also creepy is the fact that you're just in this one locale. Yeah, you can't leave. Like it's kind of claustrophobic. You know, you have to reset eventually. You know, the game's got limitations, obviously. Cool. Yeah. So Zaffer, are you going to stay on the entire time, or what, what's your plan for the rest of the day? <laughs> <laughs> do you got time well, I was, to hang in i was kindly invited so okay. i'm here as yeah. long as you two would have me <laughs> okay well, well i thought this would kind of be like like mike and i were saying like seinfeld i know you don't watch it but basically the characters will pop in you know randomly like what you did and then they'll <laughs> yeah. also leave randomly so <laughs> we're, so we're just gonna keep carrying on and at any point you just say all right guys i gotta go because I got a bus ticket or a bus transfer that expires in 20 minutes, you know, like <laughs> little Seinfeld reference for you. That's true. Well, well I've had my so segment, you leave whenever so. you feel like leaving. You don't have to stay. Mike and I have to stay. We're we're on shift now. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for coming on, Saffer. We always appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. See you guys later. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, so that was kind of cool just to look back, have a third person's uh, perspective, an extra chair. We're going to be doing that definitely for all the AAA games. Uh, and uh, we'll probably be doing that for some other stuff too. But uh, yeah, look forward to some fun guests over the uh, next uh, however many episodes. A couple of years. By the time we're done, this we'll probably have kids or something. <laughs> <laughs> and Zaffer will, will be back. You'll probably hear his luscious voice again whenever we talk about any game that has anything to do with anime. Zaffer will be on for Fire Path Emblem. of Radiance. He has already stated that he wants to be on that episode. And I said, yes, please come on that episode. <laughs> That's good because I'll probably just review like cereal for that episode. <laughs> I just, I, I just, I just want to have you like super low volume uh, while me and Zaffer are talking, and it's just so it's just you in the background. <laughs> oh, in the background, that would yeah. be really good. Like <laughs> yeah. if you took out your voices, you can hear me in the background talking about how the milk changes flavor with certain cereals. Yeah, and, yeah. every just, chocolate cereal is just Nesquik in different shapes. You're just saying it just like in a monotone. <laughs> <laughs> That's an idea. Okay, so uh, yeah, so I kind of went through the game a little bit here and there. I don't want to go too heavy on spoilers just because, I mean, I, I don't want to ruin the game for everyone. We're going to spoil it to a certain degree. Yeah, and today is November 18th, 2001. So most people have not been able to beat this game, although it is only eight hours. Yeah, I mean, like if if this podcast is, is long enough, you might be able to beat this game while you're listening to us. <laughs> I think the shortest speedrun that I saw on YouTube when I was looking up, you know, gameplay was like three and a half hours. And that was like 100%. Wow. So that person did. Yeah, that, I think it was about that. Anyway, so I thought it'd be kind of cool to just go through the plot of the game, uh, maybe break down each area, very little, uh, some of the characters, the ending, talk a bit about the ending, and then just sequels, future installments, things like that. I'm sure we'll go off topic several times through there. Yeah. 
So I'm just going to kick off the game and try and explain it to you like I'm telling a story. Uh, so the game starts off, as we said earlier, with the Resident Evil-like voice that just says, Nintendo. Picture, if you will, Luigi walking through uh, the woods like some punk-ass bitch, basically like a Scooby-Doo forest, on his way to a free mansion, uh, which he has won. Nothing weird about that. Uh, he checks his little map quest printout there that he has uh, to confirm that he has arrived. Um, it's a pretty dope mansion, actually. It looks like there's like 25 bedrooms, pretty lit. Uh, the, let's see. And this setting, like right away, you see the mansion. And Mike, you obviously know this mansion has appeared in many other, and this game. Uh, there's many references to this game in other Nintendo franchises since. Yeah, I mean, the the... the so I played Luigi's Mansion like much later. I didn't play it uh, obviously when it came out because I didn't even have a GameCube. But uh, the first inclination for me that this existed was in Double Dash. I just remember playing it on the 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 bomb levels or like the 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 mini game. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Yep. The balloon and the bomb ones. Yeah. And I actually I really liked that. I was like, whoa, this is really cool. And the music, obviously, the music uh, really drew me in, and that actually is why I got Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> yeah, the music is so good. Yeah, and it's and what I love about the music in this game is most of it is through Luigi. He's kind of humming it. Mm. He, he, you That's know, right. like you hear That's the right. you hear it at the beginning, but then for the rest of the game, it's him doing it, which is so cool. Like how many games? How, even since then, like I don't, I can't think of any other games that do that. No, that's good. That's where a really the, good point. Where your protagonist is kind of humming the music and you find yourself humming it even t sometimes when I'm walking through the woods near my house. I'll be humming it just for fun. Yeah, I, I never thought of that until just now. But you're 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 definitely right. Yeah, because he does that in three as well. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, he definitely and two. He does it in all of them. Yeah. It's kind of a I guess it's a tra it's a trademark for this game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the mansion, the characters, the settings, it's, it's appeared in many other Mario franchises, uh, Super Smash Bros, Mario Party, all the sports games, even Paper Mario, um, certain parts. Um, so this franchise has popped up its head, uh, several times since 2001, even though we only have three and a half games technically to work from, uh, you can definitely find influences of it everywhere else. Also, like there was always ghost houses in Mario games. They were kind of like the difficult levels. Um, the ghosts were always really difficult to fight because you couldn't touch them. I hated, but, I hated uh, those ghosts. Yeah, yeah, those ghosts are bastards. Also, can we talk about how uh, Luigi keeps getting scammed? Yeah, like he's he gets <laughs> if if he was if if he had a phone he would get catfished like every day. <laughs> it's this like this classic like Nigerian prince needs money kind of thing. <laughs> the game really evens at the very end. There's a really cool, uh, we'll talk about it in the ending, but we'll get back to that. Put a pin in that. We'll get back to that. Uh, but anyway, he enters the mansion and this is where we get to see the first little bit of gameplay. Um, instantly right away, what stands out to me is the dust effect behind him when he's walking, uh, which Nintendo is really known for, especially with games like Wind Waker, uh, the dust effect when the characters are walking, you know, on their footsteps. Yeah. yeah um, they yeah. do it now with every Mario game has it. Was that a Nintendo thing originally? Like, did they did they kind of get that from somewhere else? Or was that like just an original Nintendo creation? I don't know. I, I don't notice it in any other game. But almost every single Nintendo IP, Mario, Zelda, maybe Animal Crossing too. You'll have to correct yeah, me. Yeah, but there's Animal almost always dust yeah. around the character's feet. Like Nintendo Nintendo worlds are just dusty. Dust around the feet. I, yeah, that's... that's Yeah, it's it's their thing. They, yeah, it totally They love is. doing it. Yeah. And this is one of the first games where I noticed it. Uh, I don't know if it appeared much in the 64 games. They probably couldn't do dust animation very well yet. They could do that sunbeam animation at the camera really well <laughs> in 60. They did. They love that. Uh, um, the, the, what do you call it? Um, lens flare. Yeah. Like J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the dust uh, animation, the shadows, as I said, when Zaffir was here, were really uh, just enhanced. And, uh, and then the footstep sound effects were really cute when he's walking around, like tiptoeing. Um, the footstep animations and sound effects were really good as well. Turning the page. Um, also, what kind of stood out to me was the little jingle when Luigi picks up a key. Uh, he finds a key to the door and it kind of has like a little remix vibe to it. Yeah. Yep. I don't know what that's supposed to be. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I So I always thought that was like a Zelda influence thing. Uh, yeah, it definitely was because you open chests in this game. Yep. Whenever you find an item, usually a key. Um yeah, you have like a little kind of smile at the camera. You hold up what you found, and then it's like a, a, a disc scratching sound or something. That's right. Yep. 
yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was kind of random to me. I thought it was one of the most random things in this game, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, they, they they took it away a bit in the in three. It's the different. They have like different jingles for stuff, but it's similar. Yeah, I, I'm not too deep into three. I'm only maybe a half an hour in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm liking it so far, but. Yeah. Uh, so then uh, we find out, oh, no, this house is haunted. Uh, we see our very first ghost, which obviously scares the heck out of Luigi, who was already scared to begin with. But luckily, Luigi is saved by Professor E. Gad, uh, basically an aged Caillou-like character who does not speak English. Mike, what do you think about <laughs> Professor E. Gad? <laughs> um. <laughs> Can you do an E. Gad impersonation for us? <laughs> Okay, mine mine is more like ah uh, yeah suka suka. Oh, the suka suka. <laughs> yeah, that that uh, suka suka. Yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, those are my knees. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I always I, I always like uh, that in, that, say waka waka. <laughs> waka waka. <laughs> yeah, that's more of like a, a Muppets thing, I guess. Is he? Does he appear? So I was thinking this, and I wanted to ask you. Uh, obviously, he's mentioned in Sunshine as the creator of the flood system. Uh, does he appear in any other game? Can you play? Can you play as him ever? I'm, I'm thinking uh, no, but I don't think so. Um, Maybe in a Mario Party a, game. I don't think he's been in a Mario Party game. Uh, I've I haven't played every Mario Party game because we don't speak about the the middle years there. But uh, I don't think he appears as a playable character in any of those games. He's definitely not in any Mario Kart. Um, he's, he's somehow not in in superstar baseball which has like 80 characters yeah i'm surprised that they don't give him a bit more uh appreciation in some of these games like he could be in smash bros i suppose i don't know what his fighting moves would be maybe like his he could be using the vacuum but luigi already has that um i don't know like uh, he's like a dr wily kind of character he's more of like a stage hazard i guess than anything yeah i, I wouldn't i I, I think he already is a trophy, to be honest. Yeah, he definitely is. But uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want him like as a main character or anything in there. Uh, he's, he's an interesting character. He's an interesting I mean, character, he's... but like, but it's just it's it's funny. It, this is, I mean, we're gonna go back to this theme every single episode. But it's funny how so many things died in the GameCube era of Nintendo that they were started and just kind of never went anywhere. Um, you know, like I'm thinking like F-Zero and things like that. And like EGAD is kind of one of them where they just were like, ah, we know we had this this property, but we're not really going to do much with it. Well, the, the property of Luigi's Mansion has lived on. There's three games plus the arcade cabinet. Yeah, but but that's only recent, right? That was a 12-year break between uh, like Luigi's Mansion and Dark Moon. And Dark Moon was, was just a 3DS game. It wasn't even a console game so it's a you know 19 year break between the two games that's between two console launch releases yeah, yeah that's uh, 19 years that's a that's not a, exactly a vote of confidence from nintendo no it is strange that they gave that they took such a long break from it when that this type of game would have been perfect for the wii with the motion controls there were a lot of nintendo franchises that a lot of people are still scratching their heads wondering why they never came back like duck hunt to name another one which is made for pointer controls so yeah, it's it. It just happens where franchises just fall by the wayside. And yeah, we are going to talk a lot about that with GameCube. There were a few franchises that started on GameCube that still exist. I mean, you can say Pikmin is still around, but again, there's been three Pikmin games. No, and- uh, yeah, I I would make the same argument with Pikmin as Luigi's Mansion. Like you can argue that the franchise isn't dead, and obviously Nintendo has supported it in some sense. But you know, it's definitely no votes of confidence are going towards Pikmin. No, they are for me. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I really, I. Well, we're gonna talk about this when the Pikmin episode comes out, which will just be in a couple episodes, actually, because that's our next big AAA game. But, uh, but yeah, like for me, I've never played Pikmin, so. Uh, but I, I love the aesthetic and everything about it. But again, we'll, we're going off track. We'll talk about that next episode. Yeah, but no, you're right. Nintendo does let franchises die fast. Uh, they give them a little chance to breathe, but for the most part, it is kind of sad that they just give the life to Pokemon, Zelda, and Mario. But really, especially in this uh, in this generation, like in the GameCube generation, like it's a lot, a lot more, a lot more deaths uh, than than you would see normally. And I think that's be- like you know that's a hundred percent because of the huge declining sales that they had. You, know, you go from 60 million with SNES or 65 million with SNES to I think it's uh 40 million 
with N64? The NES was the highest, NES, and then N64, and then GameCube, huge spike with Wii, and then a massive decline to Wii U, and now another bump up with uh, Switch. That's kind of how it's been. Yeah, and I, I you know, if, if I'm Nintendo in 2003, let's say, 2002, 2003, uh, I'm, I'm starting to... I'm starting to panic, right? That's uh, as you should, because the Dreamcast and Sega are dead, basically. Right. And that's like, that's kind of like a wake up call for them, I think, because that's uh, this huge company that rivaled Nintendo at one point uh, is now basically dead in every sense of the word. <laughs> and now Nintendo is uh, realizing that they're not going to make their sales back with GameCube that they did, they lost with the N64. And they have been on a steady decline for three consoles now. So they're starting to having to really revamp their whole system. And, you know, obviously this is the 2003, you could argue, is uh, very similar to Nintendo's 2015, which was their worst year on record. Uh, yeah. It's, it's the same kind of, you know, same kind of... It goes of in waves. They have waves. They have waves, right? But they, they, they have waves because they're innovative, right? You, you have waves because you try. You know, if if you don't if you don't take risks or if you don't try, then you don't have waves. You just have one long, steady line and that goes down. <laughs> and I feel like that they took like they were taking risks there for a bit, like with the start of the switch. Like they took a big risk with the new Zelda game, yeah, which was huge. Um, uh, Odyssey was not really a risk, and like I feel like Zelda is probably the biggest risk that they've taken in recent memory, from what I can think of. Well, I I would I would argue just the Switch itself was the biggest risk. Uh, launching that uh, was huge because uh, they had no idea what was going to happen with it. Uh, they for yeah first kind of idea of having a, a hybrid console selling it at four hundred dollars. That's uh, without a game included, and and not during Christmas season. Like, that's a huge risk. That's, like, pretty crazy if you think back. Yeah, March 3rd, 2017. It was, yeah, middle of winter, standing outside EB Games. Yeah. Excuse me. To buy uh, buy my Switch and Zelda. So, <laughs> But I was, I was a grown-ass man, so it didn't matter. I had the money for it. That's right. Uh, so anyway, EGAD, he saves you from some, from some ghosts, and he takes you back to his laboratory. Uh, turns out he's a ghost scientist. I don't know where he went to school for that. Uh, he has no idea where this mansion came from, but hey, Luigi's basically free labor, so he gives Luigi his vacuum, the Poltergust 3000 uh, flashlight, and the Game Boy Horror. Yes, Did you notice right. that? You, I yeah, guess you, yeah, you, you, yeah. You noticed that. I, was, I thought that was kind of clever. I was trying to remember. Yeah, it's the the, the Game Boy Color, but uh, as yeah, I feel like they just did that to sell <laughs> Game Boy Colors, maybe? I guess. But this is towards the end of the Game Boy Colors life. Yeah, yeah, uh, the is... Game Boy Advance was not out yet, I guess. No, not yet. It was 2002, but it was it was coming on down the horizon pretty fast. Yeah. In, uh, I was going to say in 3, though, uh, I don't know if you've noticed yet, but it's uh, the Virtual Boy is used instead of the Game Boy Color. <laughs> Yeah, I, I knew that. that. That was spoiled for me. I'm I'm late to the party on Luigi's Mansion 3, so I'm okay. But yeah, uh, that, uh, that's kind of cool that they use old Nintendo tech um, as like a way to use your map, your item uh, item menu. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, at the time, the color was the the handheld, at, you know, with this game. So I guess they can't really... They could have used a Switch, I guess, for Luigi's Mansion 3, but... Yeah. So yeah, so that's what uh, that's what EGAD gives you to go fight ghosts. Um, so it's tutorial then uh, teaches you how to shine ghosts with the flashlight to stun them, and then you vacuum them up. Again, we said it's kind of like a fishing mechanic. You use the joystick, you pull in the opposite direction that the ghosts are trying to escape in, and you reduce their heart count to zero, and then you suck them up. Interesting idea. Uh, with the I think it works guests. really well. The controls are tight. They they hold up. Oh yeah, for this. Yeah, I could see that. That makes. I mean, the controls were were pretty good uh, to begin with. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Egad sends you back into the mansion. Uh, for some reason, now Toad is here, and uh, he's just telling you that uh, Mario was here earlier and he has gone missing, and he asks if you agree to help, which of course you. Yeah, he's crying, of course, as Toads do. Uh, this was before Toad became somewhat adventurous in Captain Toad. This is back when Toad was still just a little bitch. Uh, <laughs> they were only used for I, I, I people love Toad. I hate Toad. 
especially back then. It was hard to be a Toad fan when we were kids. <laughs> who, was, who was a Toad fan when we were kids, though? There's... No one. But, I mean, like, it's easy now to, like, look at Toad and be like, oh, he's cool. You know, he's got his own games. He's he's in Mario Kart, blah, blah, blah. Like, like when we were kids, he was annoying. He, uh, I'm sure there's probably people our age that love him and loved and say that they loved him then. But I didn't. I hated Toad when I was a kid. I didn't get it. <laughs> have you seen Have you seen the uh, the uh, Lady Gaga concert? And like someone in the crowd sounds exactly like Toad when they're like they're giving her a standing ovation. Just everyone clapping. It's like, <laughs> He's become a meme. Um, it's fine. And uh, at that point, you agree to help find Mario. And this is where the game begins. Yeah. So that's kind of the intro, the starting of the game. Um, that's the setup for the plot. So, yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, the it's a it's a cool mechanic. Uh, you know, with the with the ghosts, and I think it's something that draws you in really quickly. You want to play more. It's really fun to to kill the ghosts. <laughs> it feels rewarding because it's it kind of like a an active battle, like an. Yeah, you know, it is they're fighting back. Battle. They get away too. If you let them go, it's like fishing. They turn invisible again. You have to find them again. The, the rooms all start off dark when you enter them. So if they're dark, that means that there's ghosts in them. Once the lights go on, it means the ghosts are all gone. Um, so you have to walk around the room with your flashlight, pointing it up, down, all around, you know, opening doors to find the ghost again. And then uh, you got to suck them up. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> So now the game opens up as open as it can be. It's in a mansion. Uh, there are four areas in the game. I uh, don't know exactly what each area is called. It's just different sections of the mansion. Uh, each area has its own set of ghosts, boss fights, things like that. Uh, you find out uh, pretty early on that King Boo is the main bad guy. And this is King Boo's first appearance. Yes, it is. Yeah. And, which is uh, it's kind of funny to me because I just associate King Boo with just, I don't know, just everything but like i guess it makes sense that he wasn't ever really put into the game there was always booze as you said before with the haunted mansions and mario games yeah that's what i was thinking was like wasn't king boo in super mario but he wasn't it was just a big boo yeah it was just a big boo yeah like there's there's no like I'm trying to think of the word yeah he didn't have a character <laughs> he was just a big floating white circle yeah uh, but since then, he's obviously been in all the Luigi's Mansion games. He was in Super Mario Sunshine, uh, Mario Karts, Mario Baseballs, Mario Parties. He's in Smash Bros, uh, Mario Golf, uh, Mario Kingdom Battle. A bit more recently, so he's been around the he's been around the bend. Yeah, he, yeah, he's uh, he's like a pretty popular character, I guess. Ish, uh, it's kind of cool. So they they him. didn't see any they didn't see any use in Egad, but they did in King Boo. I think Egad is just too weird. Like, what do you do with him? Like, that's that's the thing, and he's not really because King Boo for someone who's never played or heard of Luigi's Mansion, it's just like, oh, it's a big ghost from Mario. Got it. Like, there's there's no uh, there's no introduction necessary. Yeah, it's kind of like you have Boo, you have King Boo, you have Bowser, you have Dry Bones. It's just like their alter ego. Like every character has like an alter alternate skin. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, so you defeat all the ghosts within each area, collect, you know, certain items to unlock doors, blah, blah, blah. Um, eventually you get to the final boss fight, which is obviously King Boo. Uh, you think Bowser's there. It's just King Boo in Bowser armor. So <laughs> yeah, there is kind of like right. a Bowser boss fight at the end. Yeah. Um, that was cool. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, all the ghosts, you return them to their paintings. Uh, the, the mansion fades away. Uh, but the interesting thing about this game that I, I liked was uh, you collect money in the mansion, which is kind of weird. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know why there's just cash lying around. <laughs> well, it's all these people who died and turned to ghosts, and they just still have all this baggage on them. No one believes in banks in Mario. <laughs> they just gold coins and bills. But uh, the, uh, at the very end, you know, Luigi's obviously left empty-handed as we as we concluded earlier. But you do get a house at the end, and the the size of your house is dependent on how much money you collected throughout the game. Oh, is that? I didn't. I actually didn't know that. I I didn't know that the size changed. <laughs> yeah. So if you 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 earn money by sucking it up with your vacuum, you lose money if you get attacked. If you die, you lose money. Uh, or I guess you pass out. Um, but yeah, uh, at the end you get a house, but the house will be small if you have little money. It'll be bigger if you have lots of money. You're telling me I could have had more than a shack? Yeah, you were playing the game wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was Luigi's shack. <laughs> but see, so why is there a sequel? Because that's it. <laughs> he, he, he did it. 
he he got his mansion or shack um and he he's like okay buyer beware now i know to not answer the phone when someone tells me that i uh won a contest i didn't enter well uh you'll have to play dark moon to find out uh <laughs> he he basically finds out that he has there's more mansions in dark moon and then obviously there's the haunted hotel in luigi's mansion 3 at least the um, hotel, like they actually like want to go. They to tried, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. They were willingly going into it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a bit strange. I'm, uh, yeah, we can t- we can hold have a whole other podcast on that one. But yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah that's for so, the Switch podcast. Yeah, so we talked about the sequels. Uh, sequel to Luigi's Mansion: Dark Moon was released on 3DS only on March 24th, 2013. So almost 12 years later. Uh, and then there was the arcade cabinet. Uh, which was released in June 2015 in Japan, developed by Capcom, published by Sega. Yeah, I know. Very interesting. I was reading about that before. Yeah, very strange. Uh, have you played that game? I have not, but I want to play it. <laughs> I, I don't know where you would play it. Dave and Buster's. Oh, okay. There's a Dave and Buster's, uh, the one closest to my house. Uh, it's there. There's usually a pretty good lineup to play it. For there's sure. Almost always, there's almost always someone playing it. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting it's canon <laughs> yeah it is canon yeah it's luigi's mansion canon so i kind of count that as a half game i've never i never beat it i i played it once and i died you know part way through i think mm-hmm. it's it's a similar idea you have to explore certain parts of this mansion it's on rails so you're yeah for uh, sure it would have to be yeah kind of an interesting idea to have it on rails so it's basically like an actual haunted house uh that you have to suck ghosts up on and then, of course, Luigi's Mansion 3, the third and final installment, was released just last year on the Nintendo Switch, October 31st, Halloween 2019. It was very cool they did that. Yeah. Yeah, that was... I don't know why more games don't do that. Like, horror games, you know, arriving on PlayStation on in February. Like, uh, it's kind of weird. Like, I feel like Halloween is the perfect time to do that. It is the perfect you know? time. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if any Resident Evils have been released on Halloween. I don't know. Like even the newest remake, uh, Resident Evil Three, mm-hmm. uh, that that was uh, what Just a couple of weeks ago. Months are all blending together now. March. Yeah, yeah. So that that's pretty much the notes that I have. Um, yeah, I mean, there's one thing that we haven't done yet. I haven't read the back of the box. It's time to read what's on the back of the case. There's things written on the back of the case. Let's read them. And now we're reading the back of the case. Luigi's won a mansion. The bad news is that it's crawling with ghosts, and Mario seems to be trapped inside. Luigi's in for a spooktacular surprise as he creeps into the pitch-dark mansion he won, armed with only a flashlight and a vacuum custom-made for sucking up ghosts. Ghosts lurk in every nook and cranny. You'll have to master the Poltergust 3000 to vacuum them all up. Jewels, coins, and cash are hidden throughout the mansion, and finding it all will be worth your while. You'll have to solve the mansion's many mysteries to catch a gallery of quirky ghouls, such as the fire-belching Mr. Lugs. Deep inside the mansion hide elusive boss ghosts like, oh, here's more names, Bogmire. Nope, just one. Uh, each with ghastly powers and a ghostly bone to pick with Luigi. Why do they all have it out for Luigi? Right. After collecting special medals, what? you'll be able to shoot fire, water, and ice from your vacuum to unearth secrets that thwart extra eerie ghosts. Ooh. They just read what's on the back of the case. There's words written on the back of the case. They just read them. And that's what's written on the back of the case. I mean, yeah, it's... it's I don't know, it's Fox. It, it works. Yeah. It, it's got it. I mean, it does... It does... Uh, explains the game very well, actually. He, uh, yeah. Okay. All, actually, all kidding aside. I, I, I want to bring up one point uh, that has, has bugged me since 2001. The Poltergust... 3000 that wouldn't poltergust insinuate that you're like pushing the air out not sucking in yeah it was a play on the word poltergeist uh i know in the newest luigi game it does blow it does yeah so so now now it's appropriate but uh but then i i i even as a kid i wondered that i was like but doesn't that mean like i was like whatever gust fire water and ice from it because gust is pushing but you do expel elements yes from I, I guess i'll take that i'll take that yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't pick it apart too much 
it's a clever name. There's a lot of funny puns <laughs> with ghosts and horror. Yad, like for example. Yeah. What does the E? Do you think it's entertainment, like Chuck E. Cheese? Entertainment Gad. <laughs> or Entertainment Gad? I yeah, know I want Entertainment Cheese. <laughs> that, that's his name, Charles Entertainment Cheese. <laughs> well, I, I I still have more stuff to say, so. Oh, okay, good. Uh, <laughs> that, that's all I have prepared. So you go ahead with yours, uh, your notes. Well, uh, I my notes are actually just going to go right back to you because I just wanted to know from uh, your perspective, what's the thing that you think is the most iconic part about this game that you still remember and you still think about today? You might have already mentioned it. But uh, yeah, for me, it was the it's the jingle, the mm. the soundtrack that you know, just that. And then Luigi Mario, like the voice acting, of course, Charles Martinet, iconic voice actor at this point, has basically played Mario, Luigi, Waluigi, Wario. Yeah, it's the voice acting and the music, like by far. That's what I remember most even today. As I said, like when I go for walks, sometimes I'll just randomly whistle that that tune. Yeah. So. Uh, that's what stands out to me most. Uh, I guess I never really talked about my earliest memories with the game. You and Zaffir kind of did. Um, I didn't play this game until way later. Uh, I didn't play it as a kid. Uh, we'll probably get to that. You, the listeners will probably find out when we were younger, the main first party games that I played on GameCube were Mario Kart and Mario Party. I got to the Zeldas and, uh, the Luigi's Mansions way later. Uh, I think I bought this game back in 2013, which is when I played it for the first time from so start to finish. when Dark Moon came out, was that the reason you got it? Or you just saw it and you're like, I should play this game? No, we, when I was in college, I got way into, that's when my love for collecting, at that point, retro, I'm using finger quotes. Uh, that's when my uh, love for collecting old games got um, got its hooks in me and I started collecting for the GameCube. Mm-hmm. So as you know, when we were kids, I probably had, like everyone else, I had my shelf with 10 games on it that's what i had and uh every time you came over i had a few more and a few more uh and i just you know you you go on uh kutaku or whatever and you look up must own gamecube games and that was one of them obviously so uh had to scour ebay i think i got it back in 2013 for like 40 bucks oh that's good yeah and it's my copies you know it's the original black label no uh player's choice here it was a good price, um, perfect condition. The case still looks really nice. Nice. Uh, and I played it right away. I think I beat it. I obviously beat it in like a weekend, um, <laughs> two sittings or something like that. But uh, yeah, that was my first experience with it was not until 2013. Yeah, Luigi's Mansion holds a really special place in my heart. I, I really like that game. And I like the idea of the game, I think even more than the game itself. I like the idea that they, they tried to do something different. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that they, uh, Nintendo, like they find some kind of a genre like, oh, survival horror, let's give it to Luigi. And then, you know, they give something to Mario and then they give something to their existing characters. It's it's kind of cool. They have like this rotating cast of characters pop their heads up in different genres of game. Like they don't pigeonhole Luigi and Mario to just platforming. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I love I love the uh, the aesthetic of the game because... You know, I like I like spooky things and I like things that are spooky, but not scary. Like I'm not a huge horror movie fan, but I like scary cartoons, which aren't technically scary. They're just they've got that aesthetic. The Scooby-Doo. We're just talking the about Scooby-Doo. I'm trying not to say Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yeah, uh, for me uh, to just kind of kind of touch on this to to uh, roughly end the podcast. Um, uh, Luigi's Mansion coming out as a launch day title for the GameCube is almost a watershed moment for Nintendo. Uh, it's them saying that this is the direction we're taking. We're going, we're trying these new things. We're not doing a Mario game. We're not releasing a Mario game. I think that really completely changed the course of Nintendo's history. I uh, I mean, I might be might be a bit of a hyperbole, but I honestly think Luigi's Mansion changed what Nintendo was. It was a very different uh, time for them. They decided to try something uh, very new. They uh, took a risk. And I think ever since then, they've gone down that path. Because if you think about it, uh, the Wii did not launch with a Mario title. 
uh, Wii U uh, or uh, Nintendo Switch. Neither of them launched with Mario titles either. So no, the Wii U did. The Wii U did. Okay, well, the Wii U launched with Super Mario, a new the new Super Mario U. Oh, well, that's barely a new game, but it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they launched with a Mario game though. But no, you're right. This it was the the GameCube and the Switch were the only two, uh, and Wii. New Mario Bros, whatever the hell that franchise is called, that didn't that was not a launch game, right? No, no, it was not. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, I think it's kind of I think it's cool. I think I think Luigi's Mansion is a is one of Nintendo's first cult following IPs. Yep, and I would say it's it's definitely a, I would I would vote this as a must own GameCube game. Would you agree? I would put that stamp of must own on it for sure. Okay, so if if you're following along with us in this podcast and maybe thinking. Oh, maybe I'll try and pick up these games. We would recommend you pick this one up. Absolutely. It's only, yeah, it'll take you about eight, ten hours. And it's great to play. Uh, I know it's just a single person game, but it's great to play with friends. Like when when you have people over watching too, it's it's a really fun experience. Uh, I, I did that years ago. I played with uh, some friends at university. We were playing Luigi's Mansion, had all the lights out. It's uh, It can get kind of, kind of scoop, uh, spooky, especially with Luigi humming and stuff like that in these dark rooms. Like it's... Uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, it ends up like they're watching an it's like they're watching an episode of Scooby Doo. It's exactly like they're watching an episode of Scooby Doo. It's the, the exact same thing. Yep. All right. Well, uh, thank you to our twenty listeners for uh, downloading the podcast. We really appreciate the support. Um, we look forward to uh, catching up next week. Uh, should we give a little? Uh, preview of what's to come, Mike, for next week's podcast. That's right. A little teaser. Yes, of course. Next week, we're going to have uh, our good friend Marty Thompson on the show to talk about soccer games for the Nintendo GameCube. If you're a European listener, it's football. <laughs> and uh, there are a multitude of games. We're going to be covering uh, some more arcadey games. We're going to be covering some just like the standard FIFA ones. Uh, and Marty has a vast knowledge of some of these games, and he's very excited to talk about it. Uh, Neil will be just sitting and... Uh, oh, I'm excited to talk tea. to you guys about some cereal. I'll give <laughs> you guys a cereal review. Maybe that's what we'll do. So that'll be our first, uh, that'll be our first compilation um, uh, podcast. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. Great. Talk to you later, guys. Bye. Signing off.